0: of hold the space wellness i'm a level one crossfit trainer a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to baron camille please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes thanks for joining us we're so happy you're here Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. I have a guest back with us today for her second episode, Michelle Kinney Carlson. Um, thank you for being here, Michelle. Of course, love it. So excited. You w- looking back at our like occasionally, I'll review our numbers with like podcast spins. And the last episode that you did with us um, was is is and was one of our most popular episodes to date. So
1: yes. I know.
0: People, people really want to be a connected parent. So that's good. We all need help. (laughs) Yes, we do. Um, Before we dive into this, this week's episode, which is going to be we're having Michelle back on to kind of target more specifically, quote unquote, trouble behaviors. Um, But before we dive in, we're actually I'm going to let you guys know a little bit more about Michelle, if you haven't listened to the previous episode. Michelle is a mother of two girls, 9 and 12, and a certified parenting coach trained in the hand-in-hand approach. Before diving into helping others find their way in the world of child-rearing, she was a high school teacher and counselor in California public schools for 12 years. After years of consequences, bribes, and star charts, she found Hand-in-Hand Parenting, created by Patty Whitfler. It reshaped the relationship she shares with her daughters, and she credits it with changing her life. She's passionate about helping others find their way through the murky business of being a connected parent. She loves leading groups and finds the dynamic transformative. Michelle also strongly believes that listening partnerships are the cornerstone to moving through difficulties. She has helped herself and others make meaningful connections, work on sibling rivalry, and alleviate school problems. Aggression, fears, withdrawnness, and sleep are just some of the struggles she has shared and helped others rectify. She teaches courses in the hand-in-hand parenting approach, helping parents grasp tools to form connection and cooperation. She strives to decrease yelling while increasing more peace, encouraging cooperation without bribing and threatening. Her courses give parents a new vocabulary and way to be with children in a time where our influence is the most important tool we have. Peaceful parenting will change the way you interact with your kids and the way you think about all interpersonal relationships. To find out more, explore her website at peaceandparentingla.com, and we'll have that linked in the show notes, too, for sure. But
2: thank you again for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's fun.
0: It is super fun. And I follow you on Instagram. I have to say you're one of the most – how do I put this? Real and authentic – parenting experts that I follow. And I say that. Yeah, I I say that with grace and admiration and like total respect. Because I feel like even in today's like day and age where you have parenting experts and making air quotes, like it can be hard to relate sometimes because it's like, they've got it all figured out. Like they know they do this every day and their life they're the parenting like guru, like it's perfect. Their lives are perfect. And I love that you share like, where you come from, how you struggle still, but also how you deal with those struggles in a way that like, still keeps you connected with your children and with yourself. And like, I just really appreciate your outlook. I love it so much.
1: Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's no, we all struggle, and we all will continue to, there's no perfect parent out there. It doesn't exist. I know. Expert or
1: otherwise.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I know. I know. And I, I know that, Part of that is like as an expert, a lot of people want to portray themselves as like, you know, this is the way. This is how you will get to parenting like level yeah. ten thousand. You'll be enlightened. Yes. And so it's hard to sometimes admit that you struggle, but like I like I said, you just really have that nice balance of like, yes, I struggle, but here's how I also work through those struggles as well. Thank so you. Awesome. We have, so tell us a little bit more before we jump, jive, jump, dump, jive. I can't even talk today. Either way, (laughs) we're getting there. We're going forward. We're going to move forward into this episode. Um, We have a lot of listener questions, um, but I know a lot of your background and the backbone of what you teach and how you work with parents is really. I want to the listeners to know moving into tackling these questions we're going to offer you're going to offer some practical ways to deal with some of these behaviors in specific but what's the foundation like give us a little bit of insight into the foundational practices of what you're you teach and how that translate and that's going to translate into all of these questions
2: yeah So hand-in-hand parenting is based on the idea of connection, and what science tells us is that when our limbic system is connected to the limbic system of our child, that they are able to think and reason and do better. So when their limbic system is connected to ours, their prefrontal cortex, which is the outside layer of their brain, is the reasoning and thinking portion of their brain, they stay attached and they work together so that your kid can actually use their thinking and reasoning. When they're not connected, their thinking and reasoning gets thrown off. Their prefrontal cortex gets thrown off. And so they're just operating on, you know, pure emotions. So we're using that science to kind of drive the idea that if we stay connected to our child, they can make good choices because our kids all want to do the right thing. They don't want to hit the dog. They don't want to, you know, um, push their sister. They don't want to throw their food on the ground necessarily. They want to do the right thing, but when they get disconnected, they have a hard time making the right choices because they aren't using their prefrontal cortex, their reasoning skills. So we try to just embed connection everywhere so that we have less struggle on the offset. So it's, you know, it's kind of taking a zoom out approach to your parenting and not looking at this, the tiny behavior, but looking at why is that behavior happening? it's not so much how can we fix the behavior and fix the child, but how can we figure out why it's happening? And then how can we embed connection into our household so that those behaviors happen less? Hmm.
0: That's, that's incredible. And like, I've, I've sat with you for the, our last episode and I took so much from it. And now, you know, I'm thinking personally, again, like, just how you're talking and my own struggles as a parent right now. Like, I can see that some of those things that we talked about before, like special time and connection, like, has have gotten away from us because we moved and, like, we're in a different season of life. And I can see now we're having some struggles. And it's like, okay, I need to get back to that center. So this episode is going to be super enlightening for myself as well because we have a five and a two-year-old. And a lot of these questions is yeah. about that time frame. Yeah.
2: yeah. and there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot to ask
0: around that time
1: frame I mean it's a
2: crucial
0: so much development so much language and emotion and like learning about the world and the relationships like I can see the the relationship developing between my two kids between them not just like between us and them but like yeah. Okay, how is this is all unfolding and it's like you want to get it right, but it's, it's difficult because you also it's, have your own struggles and it's just – It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so, a lot for any person. It is. It really is. Your, your girls are how far apart?
2: They're two years, ten months, so just about three years.
0: Yeah. So right about the same. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. when they started to really struggle with their sibling rivalry is when I was like, I got I to fix something. Because this isn't working anymore, yeah, and uh, yeah. they do say that the more connected you are to your children, the more connected they are, right, right. so yeah. that that this connection piece also helps with that stuff
0: Ugh. well that in in and of itself, that's a huge motivator for me to kind of like dig deeper into that stuff because it's like i my thought is always like when when I'm gone, they're just gonna have each other. <laughs> And I want that relationship to be very strong um, as possible. And
2: Um, you don't want to see the two people you love the most be mean to each other. Yeah. Because that's heartbreaking.
0: It is. Very much so. Um, Okay. Well, we have a lot of questions. Do you want to dive in? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm reading these off screenshots. So bear with us, guys, listening. Okay. Um, Okay. And we're going to just kind of get every – Everyone's questions were really, really good, mostly centered around like the toddler-ish years. So we're just going to dive right in. It's going to be so much fun. Um, First question, my three-year-old has trouble behaviors, examples like hitting and throwing toys at daycare when I'm not around. Her question is, should she talk to her three-year-old about this? In parentheses, seems not likely to work. Or how can I talk to the daycare staff about it to effectively handle this? I'm a little, let me pull this up. I'm a little worried he might get kicked out of daycare. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Oh, let's hope he doesn't.
2: He still
0: needs to be. I know.
2: That's a good question. And I'm sure lots of people have this same question in, you know, in various um, you know, degrees or situations or scenarios or whatnot. But, you know, I'm going to lead with the idea that we're going to use something called special time and you alluded to it earlier and what special time is, and it's one of the five connective tools of hand-in-hand parenting. And it is every day. And I say every day because we try, we strive to do it every day. And if we do it every day for 10 or 12 or 14 days, then we start seeing the benefits of that. And if we do it once every 14 days, we're not going to see the benefits of that. And so what it is, is it's 20 minutes of playing with your child and it's timed and it's announced. You say, hey, we're gonna do special time and um, the child gets to pick whatever they wanna do. They're in control. And you have to come with your best, most fun, most exciting self and you're into whatever it is and if it's something you hate, you pretend and you're <laughs> just like, you're the best special time person there is. you know. And we they own it and they get to have control and there's so many great things going on around special time. And I would just, if you start to do that in your own house, then you can, you will see that your child will start feeling more connected and being able to, um, you know, be more connected with other people and use their reasoning skills with other people. And, you know, three-year-olds who go to, 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 um, daycare when they come home, they're probably pretty disconnected. And so it's good to get, just build in that time where you're really getting connected to them because that's a big break for them to be away from you. And it's hard. It's very difficult. It's hard to go to school and manage all those relationships. And I don't think it would, you know, I wouldn't shame him or anything, but just say, you know, the rule is, just remember, our rule is we don't hit. And then that's kind of it. You don't want to, like, embarrass him too much. But I would move with the connection piece.
0: And then, like, I'm thinking of myself here because our kiddo was a biter. Um, So not necessarily hitting and throwing, but he was a biter, like, in that, like, two-ish – age range. Um, and we got all this advice about like, you need to bite him back or you need to like, you know, different things. And like, we were just like, what do we do? We don't know what to do. (laughs) And my question for you is like, in terms of reasoning, like when you're talking with, and I'm trying to kind of connect the dots for everybody, but like when you're talking with a three-year-old and the moment has passed, he was hitting in daycare and that was like hours ago. And you don't know why, and you can't really understand. You don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, how effective is it to like
2: try and kind of have a conversation about that? Um, I don't think it's effective at all. Only that, um, yeah, like you said, it's so long ago and they might not remember what happened before. Like, did something happen before that he's hitting because someone bothered him or did someone happen, happen, something happened to him two days ago? We don't know the entire context of why the child's hitting. And so they And they. I don't think they can remember. And you can't really reason with a three-year-old. And I think it's just, you know, if you see a behavior or if you just want to state, like, let's send the rule is we don't hit, that's it. You don't even have to say what happened at school. I heard this. I heard that. Because it's not going to necessarily do any good. And it might just bring shame to him. Right. right. Better to come with a connection and just restate the rule.
0: And I guess a lot of that, like what you're like, talking about, special time, modeling how you're modeling how you connect with other people and maybe like in a day, I'm just totally extrapolating, but more asking, like in a daycare situation where there's like 10 kids in a classroom and there's, you relate, the, he's going to relate to them all differently. And, um, you showing that connection during like special time, it's more like leading by example. I'm, I'm assuming versus like leading by like, this is how we treat people okay, yes. I'm going to show you, this is sure, how exactly. we engage with people. We're we're in front, like we're engaged with them. And then if something comes up, like maybe during special time, I have a, a feeling Well, what I've seen with bear, my son, when we were doing it, it's like, we're playing or whatever. And then like, you know, we start talking, like he'll bring something up and then we'll like kind of chat or like, maybe he will t- tell me something like so-and-so was mean to me at school today. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry that happened. Like how did it, you know, you asked the question, like how to make you feel. And like, you know, that's an opportunity during that connective time to like, maybe like backdoor.
2: Well, also it's like what you're exemplifying too, is that you're creating a safe space for him to talk to you. And that's why special times also so important is that you're ritualistically, you know, creating this space for just you and he, and now he's going to tell you stuff now when he's three He's going to tell you stuff when he's seven. He's going to tell you stuff when he's 13. And it's like, that's what you're banking on is like, you want to get the information later on when it's really important because you've created this safe space to like hear what's happening in his world and where he won't feel judged. And when he does say like, so-and-so hit me, you did the right, because it's a great thing. You're just empathizing with him, not passing judgment, not telling what he should or should do, but just being there.
0: I think that's hard as a parent to like, not want to correct or to like, just leave it as like, oh my goodness, I that that's make. I bet you were really sad, or I, you know, that's hard, and not want to go like. But what do we like? Yeah. <laughs> but like, let me just let let me just get one little correction. Well, is if
2: we if we show our judgment, we show our cards. What's the likelihood of them telling us next time? Right. So nice. it's so hard, especially when they're at 12 and a half and there's major things going on in their world. You're like, but uh, <sighs> now it's even worse. So you better start practicing it now because oh, when gosh. they're 13, I'm having a really hard time not saying anything. Really <sighs> hard time. <sighs> I can only yeah. imagine. I, I truly. It's, really... it's not fun. <laughs> Just saying.
0: Um, okay, next question what to do. Okay. This is essentially a very similar question. What to do about throwing things and how to quote unquote discipline, stop the behavior. If they do it when you're, when you try trying not to use bribery or timeouts or yelling as a means.
2: So say you catch them in the, yeah. in the act of in the act. Yeah. So let's, I mean, it, in addition to special time, like I've explained before, what I would do is I just place my hand on their hand very slowly. And I say, I'm so sorry. I can't allow you to throw things in the house. And I'm at their level. I'm right next to them. I'm talking calmly. I'm putting my hand on nicely. I might even just be putting my hand on the thing that they're going to throw. If they're throwing it at somebody or something, I'm getting my body in between them. I'm not waiting for it to happen two and three and four times. I'm not yelling from the kitchen. I'm walking over and I'm kindly and calmly saying, I'm so sorry, I can't allow you to throw that. And if they are in a state where you think they're dysregulated or they're disconnected, then I say, okay, let's try to do, would you like to do special time? I've got 10 minutes right now. I can do special time with you. What do you want to do? And you try to get them back connected because if you just do that and then you walk back into the kitchen, they're going to do it again because they are disconnected. So now like, how can we get connected to them? Is it two minutes of play? Is it five minutes of special time? What is it to get connected to them so that they can move through the rest of their day or the rest of the next 30 minutes and, and not have so many upsets?
0: Yeah, that is, it's like I'm all processing it in my mind right now. I think we have a tendency with our kiddo bear um, when he gets upset to like try and make him laugh and smile and our thought is like okay we're connecting but like sometimes I feel like we're just not addressing
2: like how, what are your thoughts on that so there's a two different so there's two different tools that hand in hand has one's called play listening where you really just play to so you dispel the basically stuff gets stuck in your psyche as a kid, all kinds of hurts, you know, going to preschool doesn't always feel great. Having a fight with our brother or sister, we didn't get the cookie we wanted, or we had to, you know, go to the restaurant. We didn't, whatever it is, all this stuff kind of bubbles stays and it starts to bubble up. And then, you know, it needs to come out. It needs to get processed and it comes out through tantrums and tears and it comes out through laughter. So if we can either get our kid to tantrum and tear and get those, you know, The stress hormone releases through the tears and gets starts to expel some of that stuff. And we can be an empathic listener and say, I understand how you're feeling. And I'm right here. And I'm, you know, I'm with you while you're being upset and tantruming. And or we get them to laugh, not by tickling, Mm -hmm. and not by like forced laughter, but by like, really being funny, being the butt of the joke, you know, being the buffoon and not being able to you know, catch the ball or, or whatever it is and have some sort of play with them and they can laugh, then that will also expel some sort of hurts and upsets. The problem is, is when you see a kid who's starting to tantrum and then you try to distract them into laughter, that's when you get into trouble. So when they start to tantrum, you really want to support those tears in that tantruming and not distract them out of it.
0: Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense. I can see some things where we're personally, like, not necessarily doing the wrong thing, but maybe could wait and allow some of those emotions to process before we, like, you know, try that laughter portion of it. Okay, awesome. Um, Another one, very similar, toy struggles and sharing as toddlers. I've heard many, 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 many perspectives on this. The sharing? Sharing, because I see it with my own kids. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely a struggle. It's like, how do we do this? Because it's whatever one has, that's the best thing ever. Right? Like, and then they get it. They're like, "Eh, it's not that great. (laughs) I just want it because they want it. Right? So how do you how would you again, I'm assuming special time and the connection is all part of the underlying
2: process it's like you have to build that stuff in regardless of what you're doing, but it will help alleviate all this stuff. But I do have a good protocol for sharing and it, it um, uses the tool called stay listening, which I alluded to just a minute ago. It's the idea that when our kid is upset, that we don't talk them out of their upset. We don't say, Oh, well, you you it's okay, you can have the red one. I, I know the green one your brother has, but you can have the red one. The red one's okay, but you can in ten minutes you can have the red one. But you know what? Guess what? Tomorrow you can have the red one first, mm-hmm. and then you can have the green one. You know, we like try to reason it in a way. We all do that. I was like, that's me. How about the upset? We're I know. Like, oh, how oh, do we oh, avoid, avoid this blow-up? <laughs> avoid, 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 avoid. Mm-hmm. And so The idea uh, around stay listening is that we let them emote, that we want them to emote, that we want them to cry and tantrum, be upset and show their feelings and that we can sit by them and be a supportive listener and that we can say, I'm right here, I'm not going to leave you when you're upset. I see you're really upset. Mommy won't leave you. And you just really be there for them. And so in the, in the idea of sharing what we say, what hand in hand says, what Patty came up with is her idea is this. So if one child has the blue car and, and the other kid wants the, they both want the blue car and one child has it, you say to the child who doesn't have it, you have to wait until he's done. So the child who has the toy, we say to the child who has the toy, when you're done, can your brother have it? And he'll say, yes, but we don't put a timer on. We don't coerce him into sharing it. Now we're teaching them how to be organic sharers. So the one kid who doesn't have it is going to be really upset. So we say to the child who doesn't have it, I'm going to be here with you while you wait. And that child will probably have a lot of feelings around it. I want it. It's not fair. This and that. And you say, I understand I'm right here for you. And you don't really have to say much. 75% of it should just be listening. Mm -hmm. So you listen to this child's upset and you wait with them and you have to do this a few times. And then pretty soon you won't have to anymore because they'll figure it out. And the, the one child Mm -hmm. who has a toy, he'll probably take it for a long time at first. Mm -hmm and he won't give it up to his brother, then his brother's going to take the next one for a long time and he won't (laughs) give it up. And pretty soon they're going to realize, Hmm, I better not take such a long time because I know my brother's going to take a long time. And so they figure out organically how not to take a long time, but it takes a minute. It's a process. You might have to do it three and four and five and six Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'll be here while you wait. That's the technique
0: man you are speaking to my heart right now it's so it's so like and I know this I know a lot of parents feel this way because it's so time consuming to do this to see to put forth the, the time and effort in the hopes that it gets easier later it's like delayed gratifications with anything it's like we are just so programmed to like I just want to fix it now. I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't have the patience for it. And that's me. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, essentially. But it's like... You're not um, alone. I, I mean, I, I feel that just based on all these questions. And I know a lot of our listeners have, have talked to us about this personally. But it's like so such a challenge, especially because we, when I think about the time I actually have with my children, now that they're in daycare, in school, it's like this small window before school which is like my definition of hell sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like we need to go you need to eat take your vitamins you gotta brush your teeth like we're, we should have been out the door like five minutes ago um not my best self usually um mm-hmm. in that time and then it's like when they come home and it's like we're trying to get dinner on the table and we're trying to like make sure everyone's in bed at a reasonable time And It's like I just want to like I just want it to be easy and it's not always going to be easy. And putting forth that effort, like in those moments is what I'm missing. Cause I'm just going to keep struggling. Right. Like, until well, the I- struggle
2: is what takes so long too. And what just so also to- so taxing. So that's what I think happened to me. Like I was struggling so badly. Like I, c- I couldn't get through my days anymore because everything became a struggle brushing teeth, you know, putting clothes on, leaving the park, going to, you know piano like it all was such a struggle, and so when you start to put the the time on the forefront, you get time on the back end mm-hmm. so you know if you put in the connection piece, you might have better afternoons or better mornings or whatever, and so then it's worth it. It's like you're putting money in the bank, but you know you can't take it out until it grows some
0: right that makes perfect sense. Love that so much. Okay, here's a little bit of a longer one, but I think it's a, it's really within the same vein of all of these questions, but how do you, and you, you kind of alluded to this already too, but how do you help a toddler age 13 through 17 months Through their tantrums, aka frustrations, she's she's just waiting for him to get older. Now that he's Mm -hmm. almost 16 months, she's been setting boundaries. And if he gets upset, she'll hold him and talk him through. I.e., I know you're frustrated that you can't jump off the bed. I'm here for you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we can't do everything we want because it can hurt us. I love you. I'm right here. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, like kind of, I know it's frustrating. Like validating those feelings. Um, She said it's really hard on her as a first-time mom and wants to know if there's anything else she can do or if that's sufficient and just to keep
2: doing what she's doing. First of all, let me say it's not easy being a mom. And when I I'm reading these two with you, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's so hard and it's so frustrating and it's so taxing and we deserve so much more support than we have. And I feel for all these people and for myself too, it's like, it's just not easy. And so I think another thing that's really good is, um, something called listening partnerships, where you find a listener that's also doing the hand-in-hand parenting methodology and you meet with them once a week by phone and you just say like, this sucks. I hate (laughs) being a mom. I don't want to do it today. It's bringing up my own. Like I know for me lately in my partnerships, I've been really talking about middle school because my daughter's in middle school and it's bringing up all my old middle school feelings and I didn't even know it. And I'm like, I'm upset about what's going on in her world more than she's upset about it because it's triggering me into my own world, and I'm like having to process it. So that those listening partnerships are, they're gold, and I do a couple a week, and it really helps me download. And I know that when we're frustrated like that, and we all are, that it helps you come to your parenting calmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, practically speaking, you know about. Um, the kid having the tantrum I think she's really doing the right thing but I think it would maybe just tweak it a little bit and just say like just be really quiet and not talk to try to talk and reason so much just say once like I can see you're upset you want to jump on the bed and then just go radio silent but just have warm eye contact be close and let him really rage through his his upsets and just kind of be there 75 percent being quiet and listening yeah
0: I, I think we just did a, a, a podcast, a podcast. Uh, Laura and I, just a catch up episode, and it's funny how that that can translate to just all relationships. Um, and we were talking about our relationship with our partners, right, and how one of the things that I've learned, like obviously, I mean, we've only been married for seven years, and we're still learning a lot, but like listening more than I'm talking and just allowing the emotions to come without trying to fix them is so challenging, so, so challenging. And, but that's something that I've tried to do with my partner. And it makes perfect sense that I would want to try and do that with my kids. But again, like you said, motherhood is hard and you want, you don't want your kids to be upset. You don't want to see them upset. You don't
1: want for
0: their sake. And also if I'm being totally honest, for my sake, like,
1: Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially, you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I added to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like reishi for calming, cordyceps for an energy boost, and chaga for an immune boost along with those elixirs they also have really cool blends i love the lion's mane and coffee blend when i travel because i don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee i have it ready to go all you need is hot water you mix in the blend, and you're set. They have caffeine, caffeine-free caffeine options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow, and all. they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Modern Mamas, or simply type in Modern Mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout. You get 50% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming. Like tears. regulating. Yes. Like tears and
0: screaming and noise. It's like, it's so hard for me to handle. And that's a whole, my own, like. Stuff. And that's a good listening partnership
2: kind of thing to talk about.
0: Right. Oh, so so, when you're saying listening partnership,
2: you're saying find someone in your circle. No, not necessarily. These are people you don't know because you want somebody you don't know, right? And so you could go on the hand in hand website, um, not the website, sorry, the Facebook page, and you can post like, "I'm looking for a listening partner. I'm in Pacific time zone. I have Thursdays at four, whatever it is." And then you just you talk to this person you don't know, and you like say. I, I can't take it. Everything's bad, blah, blah, blah. Okay, bye. And then, that's, that's, and they're like, oh my God, this is the best relationship on earth. This person, all they do is listen, listen to you. I'm like, this is my best friend. And I never want to meet them or see them or anything. I love them to death. And they do so much for me. But it's like, they're the ultimate friend because that's they just listen. Yeah.
0: So, and then you're mirroring that essentially with your children. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's kind of coming full circle, like yeah. you're
2: trying to be a listening partner for them. Yes. Okay. You're the, you're the counselor, not the teacher. You're the conciliary, not the instructor. You're the safe space, not the judgment. Okay. You don't want to be the judge and jury. You just want to be safe. You don't want to rupture the relationship. Okay. And the other thing I was going to say about this jumping on the bed, he might be getting upset about not being able to jump on the bed but he's using that to get out other emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to be empathic if we can think that way. Like, oh, he's processing hurts or fears or old wounds or this is this or that's going on for them and that makes it easier to hear the t- tears and the tantruming.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we we talk about that a lot on this podcast and I think almost all of the people that we have brought on to talk about parenting have spoke to that in some way like it's not about the fact that they got a blue plate and not a pink plate that's That's like that's just the catalyst to release you know what it's really about which was like they had a fight with their friend at school or you know whatever it was that was really the hurt um so and that is that is something that has helped me personally when I sit back and think okay because I'm thinking, like, he's just being an irrational person right now. Like, this is just totally irrational. Like, what? what is this? But, like, yeah. coming at it from a different perspective can be really, really helpful. And I think that's what will allow you to sit more with it because you realize it's not about the plate or whatever it is. Awesome. Okay. Let me pull up some more questions here. Um, we've, we tackled that one. How do you handle aggressive speech with toddlers, such as saying no aggressively or don't talk to me even when they are being approached with kindness and love? Normally, this person's son responds that way when we lovingly set a limit and haven't been sure how to teach him how to speak in a kinder, more loving way. He also speaks to other children that way when they do something he doesn't like. I want him to be able to say no, but to also not be mean, aggressive in the way he says it. How do I approach this mindfully?
2: Good question. Um... I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) So sorry, I can't answer. I think, um, I think a couple of things. He might be trying to have a tantrum when you're setting the limit. So when he starts to get aggressive and says no, or I don't like you, or what is he saying? Don't Don't talk talk to me. me. Mm -hmm. Then you can just say, "I see you're having a hard time," as opposed to going into correction, because it seems like to me that's the start of a tantrum. And so when we reason and correct it, we're talking the tantrum away. And he's for sure, he's not doing the right thing, but he's a kid. And I think he's trying to find a way to heal himself, to try to get out those feelings. And so I think if we just said, oh, you're having a hard time. I'm right here. Maybe he would even go, yeah, I'm having a hard time and I hate you and I don't like this and I don't know. And he might just kind of implode and that might be a good thing. So I might try that first to encourage that. If I do see him, like if he has a brother or sister, I know I'm with my kids as me. I'll say like, oh, get out of my room. You're so annoying. And I'll say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And I will walk in and I'll say, okay, fair enough. You want her to leave, right? And she'll be like, yeah, she's so annoying. And I'm like, can you say it like this as Pia, will you please leave my room? And then she'll say, oh, and I'll be like, okay, just repeat after me. And sometimes I'll just make her repeat after me. Pia, will you please leave my room? And Pia will look at her and say, sure. And I was like, there we go. So it's like, sometimes you have to feed them the words to say, Yeah, you might even say in the moment, like if he's saying, don't talk to me, can you say, mommy, can you please not talk to me right now? And just say, okay, can you try to say it that way? And just kind of have them repeat it just really, you know, model it for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but you think that's a tantrum coming.
0: Right, right, right. And I feel like sometimes that's when we're setting like, loving limits with bear or something. And he's like, I don't know, like he keeps pushing them and pushing them. And then we keep trying to reason. And it's like this push, 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 like come back, come back, come back. If I'm just like, like, this is the boundary. I'm sorry. Like you can, I, you're upset about it and then just leave it. I feel like
2: it yes. would that
0: was, would be the catalyst
2: to be like, ah, like, I don't want this. So what they say about limits is limits just create tantrums. Mm. They're not really to like teach people what they're supposed to do because likely Bear knows what he's supposed to do. He's just pushing the limit because he wants to have a tantrum. Right. And he right. wants you to set the hard limit so he can emote. Oh my gosh. I just get so the chills. <laughs> set it. <laughs> so set it early, early. You see him doing it once, you set the limit firm, and then you don't get frustrated and you don't reason anything, and you just let him go into his crazy tantrum and you stay listen. And then afterwards, he'll probably be so connected and calm and better.
0: You're so right. You're so, I love you so much. That Thank you. So- can, can you just <laughs> come live at my house?
2: <laughs> yes. Can yes. you take my thirteen-year-old? Um, uh, sure. Okay, we'll
0: go there. out. We'll have. We'll get our nails done. It'll be so fun. Okay. I think. Okay. Let me see here. Sweet
2: no we got more we
0: got a few more yeah okay Okay. so disciplining or this person says maybe i should say redirecting whether it's throwing things hitting etc what's the best way to approach it with a 16 month old who isn't into logic just yet if i use a oh did we already do this one stern voice he thinks it's hilarious no No. he didn't okay if i use a stern voice to tell him and he no he thinks it's hilarious face palm emoji Mm -hmm. I love that emoji. Mm-hmm. I feel like he needs to be told when his behavior is, is not acceptable, but what's the age-appropriate way? Thank you. Really looking forward to it,
2: as always. She is, so I think that's a typical 16-month-old, right, and a typical kid who's just pushing up against the limits because they're wanting to tantrum, just like Bear, right? So we set the limit. We don't necessarily need to say it firmly. We can just say it kindly and nicely, but we hold it. Mm-hmm. that's the thing with the limits we hold it like you know i'm so sorry you can't have another cookie but we don't you know say much else and then you let them like lose it but you hold it you don't give them the cookie mm-hmm. so this for this parenting methodology or approach isn't passive a lot of people will be like oh it's so passive and so you're so kind you're so nice and this and that but it isn't we have the limit and we hold it no you can't stay up late i'm sorry you can't have the neck, neck of their cookie oh you know no we're leaving the park and but we let them have their feelings around it mm-hmm. so i think he's also looking for like the last person looking for the tantrum right so And that's part of then stay listening with them. And that's connective. That's one of the tools. And then also for all of these people building in special time every day, (laughs) stay listening through the emotions, you know, play.
0: What's your response when they laugh at you? Do you just ignore?
2: I would turn it into play. I'd be like, oh, you think that's so funny. I'm going to give you a lot of kisses if you think that's so funny. And then that's a tool too called play listening, where you come with play and laughter, trying to get them to laugh their stuff out. Mm, okay, that makes sense. How could, how did I not think of all this stuff? But you, I don't know. Patty's a genius. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It's all Patty. I, she's a genius. I just learned from her. I mean, she knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: She's the guru. <laughs> yeah, um, perfect. Um, and also, I think we talked about this in our previous episode, but like, to, in my experience, now having two kids, like they're both so different. In Mm -hmm. that, like, Bear, when he was a kid, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen this with their children. But, like, when he was a kid, like, if I corrected him or said like set a limit, it was just, like, the end of the world. Like, he was just losing his mind. With Camille, like, she gets upset, but, like, she gets over it fairly quickly. Like, if I say, I'm sorry, no, we can't have chocolate Mm -hmm. chips or whatever, I'm thinking because that happened this morning – She gets upset. It's very intense and very short. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's like she's mad and then she's like, okay, fine. I can't have chocolate chips. That's fine. But like, whereas Bear would be like raging for, and he still does this to the day, like raging for like 30 minutes to an hour. And that is so, like for me, I'm sure our listeners have kids of both types. But for me, that's where the struggle comes where it's like, okay, I'm going to let him rage. And then 15 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, like how long is this going to go on? And then I start to say things like, you need to calm down, bud. Like, okay, like that's enough. It's like so hard to let the full, the full range of emotions happen.
2: We have those kids. Mine is like your bear. My husband's like that. She's, you know, she's strong-willed and she's sensitive and she's, not going to let it go. And she's going to have big, big, huge feelings. And that's how some kids are. That's how they're hardwired. And we just have to honor that. I actually think those kids in the long run might be emotionally better off because they really get it out. You know, they yeah, emote, they're they yeah. going to have their feelings. I worry about my younger one because she might just like kind of stuff it to some degree because she doesn't want to rock the boat because she's seen her sister rock the boat so much. So I worry about her and I encourage her to like have more so you know that's just that's the yin and yang of having two personalities
0: oh my gosh it's so it's interesting so let me ask you this like then since you've been through that and I'm sure again some of our listeners are going through something similar when you have a child who it's going to take them like 30 minutes to an hour to really like feel like they've gotten everything out how do you support yourself as a parent
2: yeah, listening partnership. Okay, like getting in- my phone with my listening partner. And be like, I cannot. I'm not. I'm never stay listening again. I cannot do <laughs> this. Is <I'm> not- <laughs> anymore. So do you do and it and in- be like, okay, well, I guess I'll do it next time. <laughs> you know? just like talking myself off the
0: ledge right sometimes I mean you just need to get out the feelings and then you feel better about it but like do you do that in the moment like say it's like minute 45 and you're just about to like scream
2: at your child no, I leave if I have to I'll say I'm so sorry and mommy's not ignoring you but I gotta take a minute and I'll go in the bathroom and I'll be like Argh! why can't you just shut up you know? <laughs> and then I'll come back I'm like I'm back what did I miss I'm so sorry are you still crying <laughs> But it's better than like yelling and getting mad or being like, you have to stop, you know? Yeah. yeah. I,
0: not my proudest moments, but like I have recently, like I felt myself like, again, it's like we're human, like parents are human beings. Like we have emotions as well. And it's hard to like really, like, knowing that, like, okay, we have to find a way to work through some of our own ish before, like, we come to these children who are, like, trying to figure all this out, too, but, like, I have, like, full disclosure, like, I've had moments in the past couple weeks where I have, like, tried to ask my son to do something, and, like, he's not listening, he's not listening, he's not listening, I'm, like, calmly, quietly, lovingly, and then finally I'm, like, I told you to, like, you know, sorry, yeah. it's a scream. He's like, Oh, like, it's like, he heard me for the first time. And then yeah. it's like, why do I have to get to this point where I'm like losing my mind? I've asked you quite calmly, lovingly 20 times, but like, you don't, you're not listening. And I feel like That's, it's
2: Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I've, it drives me insane. I'll ask me to come eat dinner like three times and she won't come down. She's downstairs. You know, it's like, I do find a couple of things that I do like I'm yelling from downstairs to upstairs for her to come to dinner. Why don't I walk upstairs, look her in the eyes and say, Hey, it's dinner time. Right. Cause I'm lazy and I don't want to do that, <laughs> but I should. And yeah, so that's yeah. like another way in which we can like, when we ask things of our kids, the other thing too, is that if we ask them one time and they don't hear us, We might ask them two times, but after that, we know they're disconnected. They're not engaged and they cannot hear us. So we're only going to frustrate ourselves if we continue to ask them. Mm -hmm. So we go over, we find a way to get connected. Like when she won't come for dinner, I go upstairs and I sit on her bed. I'm like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? What's happening in your world over here? You know? And I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to burn something in the oven. Like what's, I got to get downstairs, but I'm like, okay, I can take I honestly can take three minutes and just get connected to her. I'm like, Oh, guess what? Dinner's ready. Would you like to come downstairs? And she will be like, okay, because I've gotten in there, got connected and asked her mm-hmm. in a way she can hear it. She's now listening. So we got to set ourselves up for success so that we don't make ourselves insane. Cause I've gone insane a lot and it's not a fun place to be. And then we always feel guilty afterwards.
0: no, 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 no. no. Um, that's a great answer. And, and again, I'm thinking to myself, it probably would help if I would like do the the special time and all the other things in the background.
2: <laughs> yes, the special time, stay listening, play listening, yes. listening partnerships, the five tools. If you're working the program all the time, then it, it tends to work way better. Okay, perfect.
0: Um, let's see. Okay, we're talking about sensitive kiddos. Um, and this one, she's trying to set to be more firm with her boundaries but paranoid of paranoid of coming off as mean or I don't like her I'm rejecting her because she went through something similar like in her parent childhood when she was a kid very similar so she's very similar to her daughter I know this person personally we've talked okay. about it so um, she's very similar to her daughter she's a lot of those traits um, but she wants to set be more firm with her boundaries without coming off as like she's rejecting her her daughter um, she says it's tough because again like kind of what I was saying when she's more firm her daughter listens um, but when she's more loving and sets clear still
2: setting clear boundaries her daughter doesn't listen okay so yeah, back to like special time would really help them. Mm-hmm. So she's feeling connected. Um and then no nothing has to be stern. Even boundaries can be loving. So when we set limits, it isn't like the way my dad sets limits, like you better be home at twelve or you're gonna to <laughs> take your car away for you. We <laughs> <laughs> don't have to set it like that. We can say, you know, I'm so sorry I can't let you hit the dog. I'm so sorry I can't whatever. And it's just a limit and it is what it is, but we don't have to say it sternly because when we do say it sternly and when we do say it, you know, yelling or with a strong voice or whatever, we do scare them. Mm-hmm. And so it turns them into fight, flight or freeze. And so that's sometimes when they can hear us cause they just, you know, they're like during the headlights mm-hmm. and, but we don't want to scare them into hearing us. And mm-hmm. so we set the firm limit, but we allow them to emote and we stay, listen, when they have the big feelings, so all, you know all the tools. We're also she's going to get listening partnership and talk about you know how she sees herself and her daughter and how that's triggering her in her parenting, and she can start to loosen up that stuff by talking about it with somebody who's a good listener. Then she can do the setting limits with the stay listening that will bring them closer, and then also the special time. All those things combined is going to make everything better. Yes, yes. perfect. Okay,
0: okay, let's see. Uh, okay, a mom of a 10-month-old, what are some things, if anything, they can do now and in moving into toddler- toddlerhood to set us up for success behaviorally? Are there any signs to look forward to nip behaviors in the bud early? So, yeah, this is like that sweet spot age where they're still just like little angels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i not going to stay like that. <laughs> I think you can start doing like little special time and playing and stuff with them and just kind of following their lead when they're playing and really like letting them try to have some control, control over what they wear, maybe control over what they eat to give them some like natural controls. Um, And then trying to build in special time and it'll be hard at 10 months, but you just kind of follow them along and see what they're playing and really engage in the play with them and start setting that time up for them.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I I seem it seems like that would... Oh, I mean, obviously, kids are going to develop do those developmental things that they're set up to do, but like probably make it a lot less intense, possibly if you have those those things already going on.
2: Yeah, and have a listening partner too at that. For at that time, it's just saying like, "Oh, breastfeeding so hard, and I'm up at night still, and whatever it is that you're struggling with," and you get to talk about it and offload it and come calmer. Yeah, perfect.
0: This one's a good one. I'm intrigued okay. by this. My toddler screams about every little thing all day long in caps, whether it's if she wants to play with a random piece of trash or the wrong color socks, etc. Is this normal? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, <it's> totally normal. <laughs> Annoying, but totally normal. Yes. But I think we've all been there. I mean, I think I've been there even with my kids who are not toddlers. Like if your child is, not, if they're dysregulated and they're not connected enough, and it's no fault of our own. I mean, life is disconnecting. We don't have time to connect. We weren't taught to connect. Society doesn't value connection. We are told, you know, we should discipline and redirect and get our kids to behave like dogs, you know, almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so our kids are disconnected just living in this world. And so. When our kid is nothing will work, nothing is good enough, that's a telltale sign that there's emotional things in there that need to come out. So I would set the firm limit wherever I could and start to have tantrums every day. Setting limits, having tantrums, setting limits, having tantrums, but stay listening through those tantrums. Really connective, really supportive listening. I'm here. I understand this is wrong, but when you set the limit, you're going to get the tantrum and that will promote the connection. Perfect. Thanks. I love that. Oh. I, love
0: I have a personal question to throw in here because yep. that was our last one, um, okay. and most of my personal questions have all been addressed here too. But like, what do you do? What about whining? Like, yeah, is whining that, is annoying. Is that is that just not the thing? That, that's the thing that will drive me to the brink quicker than anything. And like, and I try the thing. Like, I hear you. Why don't yeah. we say it? Why don't we say it like this instead? Or, or I'll be like, you're whining. Like, I mean, I'm not good at this at all but i'll be like buddy you're whining like i can't hear you when you whine which is totally the wrong thing to say but he's like he's like what are you supposed to say it's so annoying the whining is so no but he's like i'm not whining in a whine and i'm like yes you are
2: yeah um you know i'm gonna just go right back to connection because whining is, you know, it's a product of disconnection. So when he's whining, I might, instead of addressing the whining at all, because all the addressing the whining doesn't work, right? It really just doesn't. He's in the spot and he needs to get connected. So I'd say, Hey, buddy, I have four minutes. You want to play hide, two rounds of hide and go seek and play with you right now and just try to like get connected to him because he's, he's disconnected. He's in a bad spot and who knows why. And it's like, just try to get in with him and maybe that will alleviate the whining instead of like belaboring the whining part of it.
0: Got it. Got okay. It. I've got some homework to do here. It's a great episode. All the tools,
2: all the tools, Yes. Work. All the tools.
0: Thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to, I, I know we kind of hit some really, really good questions. Is there anything you want to kind of wrap up in saying, like, just kind of bringing it all home?
2: I just want to say, like, we all struggle as parents. I struggle as a parent, um, you know, all the time. And I know that we've been told to, you know, punish and bribe and reprimand and redirect and all these things. And it's such a nice, like, deviation to just say, what huh? if I just came with, connection and what if I thought of whining and um, throwing and all of this stuff as a cry for I need connection and that when I come with connection maybe I can remedy all those behaviors a little bit better and then nothing's perfect but maybe things can get a little bit easier for me and for us and we can get more connected and that you know just thinking in that mind frame might loosen up some of our parenting like struggles that we that we all have. And I have them too. Nothing's perfect, but it can be decidedly better.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I love that. Well, tell us how we can connect with you. Like if we want to work. Are you working with clients one on one?
2: Yes. Okay. So many great, amazing clients right now. Um, I do, I'm doing an online zoom group right now okay. and I will be doing another one in January. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, will be six parents. So you can sign up for that very soon. It'll be Wednesdays at noon,
0: okay.
2: um, Pacific standard time. And we meet via, you know, technology. Um, I also do, I meet with couples via Skype and FaceTime all the time. Um, I have nights and I work in the mornings and I work, all around the clock pretty much with them. And I have in-person groups here in Los Angeles. I'm doing a group for teens. I'm teen parents of teens. I'm starting another group of parents of teens and I'm doing a support group of parents of teens. So I'm doing a lot of work around that. Um, and then I do talks. I speak at preschools and, um, parent groups and schools and to teachers. And so I kind of do a little bit of you I'm are busy. It. Oh my goodness. I'm busy. That's I awesome. Like yeah. I mean, it's
0: fulfilling. Obviously you love it. I can see that very much, but okay. Awesome. So what's your website again for everybody? It's peaceandparentingla.com. and then And then what I, Instagram are you on Instagram? Is that where you mostly are?
2: Yeah. Peace and parenting on Instagram. And then my Instagram uploads to my Facebook, which I'm not that active on, but I'm mostly active on Instagram.
0: Okay. Amazing. And then you mentioned there's a hand in hand Facebook group. Like, is that
2: open? There's a hand in hand Facebook group that's open. Then there's a hand in hand Facebook support group that's closed. But if you work with me, then I get you into that group. And then it's like a whole world of kind of support materials and whatnot. Amazing. Awesome.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll put all this in the show notes so people will have easy access to it. But um, as always, Michelle, thank you so much. I'm like, I always leave our little recording so much. More, I don't know what the word is. Like, just like a load has been taken off. Like, okay, like I'm normal. This is okay, but I have the tools. I can do this. Like I, it's not impossible to, no. to do this. So thank you so much. I just really appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Okay. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time.